1: This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Can't wait for these games on Sunday. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN radio and on the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. You're part of Canty and Carlin Nation. We want you to be a part of the program. Right now, we welcome an ESPN NFL analyst, Rob Ninkovich, who joins Canty and Carlin on ESPN radio and Rob, let's start with the news of the day before we get to the games, and that's Frank Reich being hired uh, by the Carolina Panthers. What's your initial reaction to to
2: that? Yeah, I mean I, I, that actually just popped up when I was uh, doing my shows. I thought, was, you know, if you're if you're um, the Panthers, you obviously are looking for an offensive minded coach. They don't have a quarterback, so maybe they pick a, a young quarterback in the draft. You're going to want a offensive minded guy that has played the position, that's had experience coaching quarterbacks. Um, so it makes sense to me. I, I think it's a good move, and uh, you know we'll see what other supporting cast they bring in as far as his coaching staff. So, um, yeah, I mean, we know that he's had a, a good record in the past, the like track record of being a good coach. So we'll see what he can do there um, in Carolina.
3: Rob, the other big news of the day is the New York Jets hiring Nathaniel Hackett, the fired head coach from the Denver Broncos, as their offensive coordinator. And already the fires are starting to flame in terms of the rumors that Aaron Rodgers could potentially look at the Jets as a trade destination. What are your thoughts on the Hackett hire and the potential implications for Aaron Rodgers this offseason?
2: Well, we know this league's all about, uh, you know, buddies. So when you got buddies in other locations, that's, that's a landing spot. So, you know, Hackett going to New York. Um, definitely, definitely could be a possibility of Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. I I think if you look at that team, got a great defense, got a solid offensive line, got some weapons. I mean, it's definitely a destination um, for a quarterback. If you want to go and win now, I think they are probably a quarterback away um, from being a, a pretty dangerous football team. So, Yeah, definitely. I think we're going to have about, what, how many months until training camp of just talking and speculating on where where Aaron Rodgers is going to land. Um, So we'll see, I guess, let the games begin.
1: Rob Dinkovich, ESPN NFL analyst, joining Canty and Carlin. You know, Rob, this may be a little bit unfair, but when you're Nathaniel Hackett coming into a situation based off of what just happened in Denver, I'm wondering if a player's perception of that coach uh, coming in as a coordinator, uh, would be affected by what a mess Denver was this year. Does a player uh, in that locker room kind of consider that when they're trying to figure out a coach?
2: No, well, I mean, head coaching responsibilities and being a coordinator are two different things, like completely the, the responsibility what they, those guys have to do as a head coach. Um, you know, they're just basically – directing the whole team, I mean, when you're a coordinator, you can focus in on basically your specialty and, and just try and install your offense and control your offense and let your head coach, you know, delegate accordingly as, as over everybody. So I don't think that that's the case. We've seen head coaches that have failed that were coordinators and they move back to their position and and do great things. So Um, I don't think players will hold his failed season as a head coach um, in Denver against him.
3: Talking with ESPN NFL analyst Rob Ninkovich on Canteen Carlin. And Rob, I've never seen an all-pro quarterback be as polarizing as Jalen Hurts seemed to be. There are some that think he is, you know, an MVP caliber player, uh, a cornerstone for a franchise to build around for the next decade plus. And then there are others that think he's just a product of the system and the talent around him. What what are your thoughts on Jalen Hurts and what you've seen from him this season?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that his injury probably sidetracked him for that MVP. But, you know, he is the MVP of that football team. You look at where he's at, um, you know, Even last year, to where he's at this year, he's grown exponentially. So, you know, I I really think that he is one of those quarterbacks. His future is super bright. He's going to continue to get better. Um, He's the future of the Eagles, that's for sure. Uh, So, I'm looking forward to seeing him this week, especially against a a really good defense. Hopefully, he's closer to 100% than he was last week as far as his injury. So, Everything that he's done, the dynamic ability of him running the football, his ability to push it down the field, um, and the way he conducts himself. I, I just really think he's a class act and, and how he goes about his interviews and, and just how humble he is. So he, he's a really good football player. I know that for sure.
3: Rob, we know that this is a league where everybody compares players or coaches to somebody um, that that's, that's of their peer group or somebody from yesteryear. So when looking at Jalen Hurts, is he – Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, or is he closer to Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow?
2: I think he's closer to the top-tier guys. I mean, the stats alone speak for themselves on what he was able to do this year, and that was with an injury. Um, So I really think that he has the ability to become one of the top three guys, honestly. Um, So... We'll see how it goes moving forward. We'll see how the rest of this playoff goes because I do know that if he gets himself into a Super Bowl and he does well and he wins one, he's going to be right up there with Mahomes.
1: Rob Nakevich, ESPN NFL analyst with us. Rob, other game for a moment. Um, When we look at the offensive line uh, issues for the Bengals, they were not a problem last week against Buffalo. Is this a week where they could really rear their ugly heads, it's the problems that could uh, come from all of the injuries they've had.
4: Yeah, man, I
2: think they did a great job last week. Really, a um, 100. What did they have? 170 yards on the ground. Yep. Yeah. Um, just that—that's unheard of, really, for for a team with three backups in there. I don't think it's going to be a problem, and I, and I think that that's just a, really a. Falls back on coaching, you know how they prepare their guys to go and game planning because they went into that game plan last week and they really took control of that thing. Um, so, Joe Burrow being the the quarterback, the confidence that this team has, I mean, they're they're really really rolling in confidence, and, and I think that they're going to continue. I, I'm picking the Bengals to win. Mm. Um, you know they're not afraid to go into Arrowhead. You know they're confident, and you know they're playing. Patrick Mahomes, who we don't know what his ankle is going to look like when he, when he's out there.
1: All right, Rob. One non-football related issue we have spoken about your spectacular beard many times. Second best beard
2: at ESPN. <laughs> we we have second best know. beard. I don't know. We you know, Canty's got a pretty nice beard himself. Well,
1: that's what I said.
3: You have the second best beard at ESPN.
2: <laughs> oh, I thought you said first. I <laughs> I <was the>
1: best. <laughs> and as you know, I have run into my issues uh, with. The beard situation, Rob. And today, uh, I went to the barber, and it was not my usual barber. And I oh, was just—you
2: you got to walk out. You got to leave. I,
1: I know. I was. I was in a time crunch. I went to yep. my usual guy. There was a lengthy line, and I'm going out of town tomorrow. And I was hoping to look a little extra crispy this weekend. Well, guess what? Didn't happen. And the problem is, Rob, they thinned out the beard but they cut it and lined it up underneath way too short. So I now have a salt and pepper chin strap. This is a problem, Rob. Is this something, do you have them line it up yourselves? What am I to do in that situation when I am lying back and he's got the straight edge out and I've got no mirror? There's nothing I can do until this is over.
2: You got to feel it, man. You got to say, yo, 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 yo." you guys, you're going way too high. You got to say it, but. You know, I, I, I have I have a system in place with my guy Mike, uh, Gus and Donna's, the best barber I can tell you in Norwood, Mass. That those guys are terrific. They're from Lebanon, so they know what they're doing. <laughs> and uh, you know, with the beard, with the beard game. So, uh, just the lineup, you have to be clear and decisive on what it is, because once you mess it up, you might have to just start over. You know, you might have to. I, I kind of feel like that's where we are. Start over again. <laughs>
3: Canty is looking at me shaking his you head You can't right start over, man. You'll I, look like an albino <laughs> Jabba the hut. That's not going to work. <laughs> you can't start or you over. Got,
2: or you've got to deal with it for about two, three weeks. Yeah, you know? I, th-
3: I think you've got to let it grow out. That, that's where you're at right now. You can't start over. You can't go booty face. Oh, God, that's not going to work. You're right. Appreciate it, Rob. No, we, 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 we needed that I, I intervention. Went
2: booty, I went booty face uh, a couple of years ago. My kids have never seen me without a beard. And my daughter looked at me, and the first thing she said was, Ew. <laughs> and
1: that's the first thing my wife said earlier today thank you rob <laughs>
5: appreciate
1: you rob all right guys be good <laughs> I, I would put your beard right Listen, up there. His, yeah. da- his,
3: his daughter speaks for pretty much most women out there yes they prefer the beard yes yes, yes they and do. not not the chin strap that you have on your face
1: i, I did fu- not want it like beard. this how can you not but be clear about that? But the fact that you didn't
3: have attention to detail when you're going to a That's new barber that you didn't
1: explain in full what you were looking for. I did That's explain. That's on you. You have to be no, accountable. No, I did explain. He first thinned it out yeah. all the way around. And there was nothing underneath that was trimmed or anything. And he said, do you want me to line it up? And I said, yes, I would like you to line it up. But I want to leave a lot of hair like underneath. Not, don't go too far up. Near the chin. Yeah. And what happened? And, and and I'm laying back in the chair, which, by the way, if you go to the barber and, and you're getting a shave. Yeah. Like, as you're laying back, like, there's no way you can't think you're not getting whacked in that moment. Yeah. That guy's got a razor right above you, and you are defenseless. And your
3: gullet is fully exposed. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Now, granted, I've got, you know, some fat to really protect the jugular. Yeah. But I felt so hopeless in that moment. And then I, I couldn't find out until I sit back up. And I look up, like, what the hell happened here? But you
3: couldn't feel it, though? I, I mean not feel man, how high point. he was going. It's because you were leaning back. And because I have, like, three chins. Well, here's the thing, man. You got to tell him to be really, really low, like, around, like, the neckline, like, the base well, of your where neck. Where were you at 10 o'clock this morning? Of, well, well, here's the thing. I don't have that problem, Carlin, because I don't go to a barber that I
1: don't know. That was your fault. Now, that was fair. your mistake. That's fair. But the problem was like if I did not get this cut this morning, it wasn't going to happen before the weekend.
3: Yeah, and now look what you got to deal with. You got to go around with this chin strap thing for a month.
1: Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, exactly. You would have been better off with the scruff and going wherever you were planning on going this weekend. I'm getting on a plane this week tomorrow and uh, you know, it's just it's it's not good. I'm calling the Alabama Oklahoma game yeah. with Bob Valvano on ESPN radio on Saturday afternoon. And I was hoping to look, you know, uh, pretty sharp down in uh, Norman,
3: but that's yeah. not going to happen. I'm pretty sure all of the people that are going to be at the game in Norman, hey, big guy, like the chin strap. <laughs> Let
1: me tell you something. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. Kenny <laughs> and Carlin, let's go. Get us back on track. <laughs> We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Commercial Insurance flexes to fit your business's needs from quick repairs to adjustable coverages and even payment options. Progressive Commercial makes it easy to get what you need. Quote today in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Well, nobody has been more confident than Joe Burrow, but not in a way that he puts out bulletin board material. Mm. And he does it in a way that uh, basically has all of TikTok uh, swooning over him. If it, 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 Somehow the, um, the algorithm on my TikTok has turned to uh, so many women out there basically begging Joe Burrow for a date. How I, that happened, I don't know. But he is really the guy that, because of his attitude, because of the way he plays— because of his just sheer confidence, has drawn so much attention and has drawn so much confidence from the gambling public, for that matter, with how things have gone. Can't you, though, how about this? Uh, This was from NFL Films this past weekend as the uh, Bengals were up in Buffalo going for the win, and they had wrapped it up. There were just seconds left. And this was NFL Films footage uh, on the sideline uh, over on the Cincinnati side. We'll see
4: y'all in Burrowhead. Yeah, baby. Hey, give We'll see y'all in Burrowhead.
1: We'll see you all at Burrowhead next so week. So disrespectful. As if you
3: didn't need more gas for this game, as if it wasn't going to have enough juice. We'll Burrowhead?
1: Burrowhead.
3: Mm. <laughs> that, that, that is That temp- wasn't that, Joe. That is tempting fate. I don't give a damn who yep, it was. Yep. It was somebody on that Bengals team yep. and for them to give the Chiefs that kind of bulletin board material as if The two teams weren't playing for an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. Like, I I just got to be careful. There's a fine line between confidence and arrogance. And Joe Burrow has been on the right side of that line more often than not, even going back to his time at LSU. He's the guy that sets the tone for that team. He is the unquestioned leader. And I appreciate what he had to say at the press conference this week when talking about his opponent. Gave all of the praise, all of the accolades to the Kansas City Chiefs. Do we have that sound? Oh, we have that sound. Oh, let's get to it. We've been in these spots. Um, we have the
2: experience. We know what team we're playing. The team that's been to this this game the last five seasons. And they've all been in that stadium. So, to me, they're still the team to beat. And then we're coming for them. But we know it's going to be tough. We know it's going be,
3: gonna to be hard fought. And we know the kind of players that they have on that side. Now, that's what you say publicly. That's yep. the right thing. You don't put any bulletin board material out there. You give them their respect. I mean, the AFC Championship game has been there five straight years. It's starting to become the Pat Mahomes Invitational. Mm-hmm. It just so happens that Burrow and the Bengals won last year. You make sure you give them their due in calling them the team to beat. Now, behind closed doors, Joe Burrow, I'm pretty sure, is saying we're going to kick their ass again. And, and why shouldn't they have the confidence to do that? But, Carlin, you do not you don't put it out there publicly. Even if it's something to say to your teammates, you make sure that there's nobody within earshot that can capture that moment and then put it back out there for public consumption. Because you don't want that to get back to the guys that are wearing red that are going to be playing in that stadium on Sunday. No. And you don't want the fan base to hear that either, Carlin. I mean, (laughs) I'm telling you, man, this is going to be a a feisty, chippy game because the Kansas City Chiefs are not used to being in this spot where, from a public standpoint, they're the perceived
1: underdog. If he wins this game, see the best quarterback if he wins this game, does he have to win the Super Bowl to be the best quarterback in football? I, I, I don't know that he does. I don't either, Carlin, and I have a hard time saying
3: that he's not if he's head-to-head See, with Pat he Mahomes four times and has won four straight over two years. How do you say he's not? How do you say he's not? Like, I get it. It's a team game, and they're always extenuating circumstances. You you go in there and beat him in his building twice in the playoffs, not just the playoffs, in the conference championship game. This is the game to go to the chip. Yeah. Like, if you beat him in that game, the stakes of it, the magnitude of it, the gravity of the moment, if you're able to come out and best Pat Mahomes not once but twice in back-to-back years, yeah, I, I got to say he's wearing the crown not only as the best quarterback in the NFL, but the best player in the NFL.
1: Just, I, I don't know what it is. And maybe my mind will change it. Very well could because it's 1-1-A right now to me. Okay? Yeah. It's, it's slightly Mahomes. But if I had to pick one of the two to start my team with my homeboy, I I might go Burrow. I might go. Well, that's a
3: conversation for another segment. We ain't got time right now. We got to get to break. But there's no way in hell that I'm taking
1: Joe Burrow over Pat Mahomes. There's no way in hell I'm doing it. You may not be saying that Monday. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, what do we like to do, Canty? We like to make people money. And we're going to do that next with Tyler Fulgham, ESPN Sports Betting Analyst, and of course, of the Daily Wager, in moments. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and SiriusXM Channel 80. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply
5: this podcast is proud to be supported by jets pizza the number one pick in detroit style pizza why it's simple
1: This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast.
3: I mean, if the Jets didn't hire Nathaniel Hackett in order to give themselves a leg up in the pursuit of Aaron Rodgers, then what the hell are you doing? I get that Rob Sala's worked with them elsewhere in the NFL, but there's no way that Rob Sala in a year that could be his last season as a head coach with the Jets, you're going to
1: bank on Nathaniel Hackett getting your offense turned around? I have to say I'm confused on two fronts. I'm confused on the Jets front, which I, I personally think that this was more driven by the owner than is being led on. Yeah. Because I think the owner wants Aaron Rodgers here. Sure. And then I'm also confused from Nathaniel Hackett's perspective. No offense. Why would you take this job? You're getting paid a lot of money by the Broncos. You could sit out a year and put yourself in the position to be in a much better coordinator situation next year when all of those jobs open up and you have more to work with, whereas you might be out of work a year from now. I mean, Chris, honestly, I, I don't think it's a good move to hire Nathaniel Hackett. From the Jets' perspective. And I don't think it's a good move on his part.
3: Yeah, I don't Unless,
1: like unless he knows it's happening. And I don't know that he knows it's happening.
3: Yeah, I'm, with you on, I'm with you on that one.
1: Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's get a little happier for a moment. Let's. Oh, bring well, if I'm going to get
3: happy, it has to be
1: about money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why Tyler Fulgham is here, ESPN Sports Betting Analyst, and of course, host of the Daily Wager. Tyler, Chris Carlin, Chris Canty. What is up, my man? How are you?
6: Kathy Carlin, always good to be with you gentlemen on a Thursday afternoon. Getting ready to host Daily Wager on ESPN2 in about 90 minutes, but uh, ready to dive into this championship weekend. Should be
1: a fun one. Outstanding. First of all, Tyler, what do you make of the line bouncing around as much as it has in the Bengals-Chiefs game? Is it just simply about Patrick Mahomes' health?
6: Yeah, it's definitely just about Patrick Mahomes' health, and I think what you saw there were the Sharks trying to beat – the books with their football knowledge instead of just their algorithm, instead of just their model. Because books can't account for the difference in power rating when Mahomes is 80% versus 100%, 50% versus 100%. We're going to know what Mahomes is. We know he's injured. We don't know to what degree, what percentage he's going to be. So I think you saw sharp money on both sides, respected betters on both Cincinnati side and Kansas City side. When the line first came out, those people who said, wow, the book is not accounting for how much this is going to affect Kansas City's offense and their chances. The Bengals are getting too many points, Flood with uh, Cincinnati money. Then – Kansas City backers said, whoa, 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 it's still Patrick Mahomes. We've seen him play on a hobbled ankle before. He did against Jacksonville. He's had situations before where he's been less than 100%, and he still looks like Patrick Mahomes throughout his career. So this market is overcorrected. And then the Kansas City money comes in. And it was back and forth after you saw Mahomes at practice, after you heard him talk. I think now that we've settled at Kansas City, we're on the point. I think that's the proper valuation of both of these teams, given the context of the uh, matchup.
3: Tyler, I'm not trying to put any undue pressure on you, but how you answer this next question from me is going to go a long ways to where I want to go uh, with my pick for this game, Bengals Chief with the ESPN Pick'Em Challenge. And Tyler, I'm trying to win the Pick'Em Challenge, and if I lose this particular game based on the answer that you give me, I'm going to come find you in Vegas. That being said, the over-under for Pat Mahomes on passing yards is 281.5. Where do you land on Pat Mahomes passing yards two hundred
6: eighty one point five well first i'm going to take any money that i won this season on props and invest in a security team because can't (laughs) be with one arm and both ankles tied together could ground me into a pulp there's no (laughs) doubt about that but uh listen chris chris and chris patrick mahomes has played lou anarumo's defense three times over the last two seasons okay we know the Bengals have won those games If there's any defensive coordinator who has done what we laud Bill Belichick for over the course of his career for the most dynamic quarterback and offensive weapon in the NFL right now, Patrick Mahomes, it's Lou Anarumo. Not only the three wins for Cincinnati, and of course the offense has something to do with that, Patrick Mahomes is averaging 253 passing yards per game against Cincinnati's defense in those three games. That was with a healthy ankle. His high water mark, was 275. He has never gone over 280 against this particular team. And, of course, a couple of those games, he had Tyreek Hill at his disposal as well. Now, I know that offense has been just as efficient, if not more, minus Tyreek. But I really am concerned that the ankle is going to take away those three, four, five plays per game that Mahomes make mahomes makes and only he can by extending in the pocket running around avoiding the sack and allowing an extra four or five seconds downfield for travis kelsey to find a soft spot or Juju smith schuster to find a soft spot i think that's going to be much more difficult with his ankle in this matchup than it would be if he had that healthy ankle so given the fact that he's never even crossed 275 passing yards with a healthy ankle in three matchups against Ann rumo Canty, I'm going under here. And I hate betting against Patrick Mahomes. It's like betting against Steph Curry not to make three-point shots. Every time he drops back, you're shaking in your boots because it's Patrick Mahomes. But, man, the numbers and my analysis tell me the under is the right play.
1: Tyler Fulgham, ESPN Sports Betting Analyst, host of the Daily Wager, uh, joining us here on Canty and Carlin. Let's shift over to the NFC. As far as the total on that game at 46. I mean, these are two pretty good defenses. How are you reading this game?
6: Yeah, I don't know how you guys feel, but I think we see a similar game script to what we saw in the divisional round with San Francisco and Dallas. Now, to be you know fair, I, I told you guys that game was going to go over. I thought the, defense, or the offensive playmakers would be too much, the quarterbacks. But what we ended up seeing was two dominant teams in the trenches. San Francisco on both sides of the ball. With their defensive line, their O line being able to run it, Dallas, even though their offensive line is not what it once was, um, you know they, they were able to before Tony Pollard came out move the ball uh, on the ground, and especially Dallas's defensive line, Demarcus Tank Lawrence and Micah Parsons were awesome in that game. And then you look at this matchup. Philadelphia is even better on the D-line than Dallas with four guys who had 10-plus sacks. They are the best pass rushing team in the NFL. Again, we know what San Francisco brings on both sides of the offensive line and the trenches with their, uh, with their line. So I think we see a similar game script despite the cadre of weapons, the myriad weapons on both sides. I think this game goes under because I'm thinking we see something similar Carlin Canty to what we saw with San Francisco and Dallas, a tighter, lower scoring game that comes down in the fourth quarter. Tyler, a
3: part of what makes the Eagles offense special is Jalen Hurts' ability to run. His over-under on rushing total is 46.5 yards. Now, San Francisco's defense has given up the fifth fewest yards rushing to opposing quarterbacks. How do you view yeah. that prop bet for Jalen Hurts in this matchup?
6: Another one where I hate to do it, but I'm going to go under with this quarterback. Now, of course, since I think there's going to be an under environment as far as scoring, I think yards are going to be hard to come by. And, and Canty, you can tell me as the defensive player, I have to imagine that Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, uh, Samson Ebukam, anyone who gets a shot on a design run for Jalen Hurts is going to try just a little harder to put some extra oomph into that, especially if Kurtz is leading with that right shoulder. I don't think that's you know, bad gamesmanship. I don't think that's dirty. I think that's just football. I think you're smart defensive player. Now, if you lower your head or trip or something like that, do something against But a good, clean, hard tackle with a little extra ump, make sure he feels that a physicality, which we know San Francisco is as physical or more than any other team in the NFL on the defensive side, I think he's going to – I think it's going to be effective. I think it's going to be Jalen Hurts, but I'm not sure Nick Sirianni is going to call a bunch of design runs for him. I think the way to attack San Francisco is through the air. We even saw CeeDee Lamb go for 100, and lately there's been some leaks in that San Francisco pass defense. I don't think running the football against San Francisco, even with the best run team in the NFL, is the smartest way to attack. I think Hurts uh, and Sirianni should try and put the ball in the air against this team. So I'm going to go under. Again, it doesn't feel comfortable because of how dynamic Hurts is, But you tell me, Canty, you think those 49ers guys are going to try and put a little extra into Hurts? Oh, yeah, I think
3: they're going to try to talk Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense from calling those design runs early and often. They're going to try to talk about it. Tyler, last one for me. Are you surprised at this point in the week, with the spread being the Eagles' favorite by two and a half, that 92% of the cash is on the Eagles?
6: I am a little surprised. I have said, uh, Canty, since – they acquired Christian McCaffrey. I've looked at the San Francisco 49ers as the best football team in the entire National Football League. Now, they, at no point in that time have they had the best quarterback. And, of course, quarterback's the most important position, whether it was Jimmy Garoppolo, whether it was Brock Purdy. But I thought when you took everything else, player two through 53, the coaching staff, the scheme, everything else, the best overall football team was the San Francisco 49ers. I will say this. It does scare me how good the Eagles looked against the Giants, but we do have to point out that was the Giants, a team that, wildly overachieved throughout the season and probably, Uh. you know, wasn't that great of a test for Philadelphia. The 49ers are a much more significant test for the Philadelphia Eagles, and it does concern me that Nick Sirianni's been so aggressive and so good, maximizing positive EV decisions to go for it on fourth and short, the play calling the scheme, not just, you know, running into the Defensive line with sneaks, which have been effective, but he is doing it the right way. Kyle Shannon has been too conservative for me. But I'm going to stand on my belief that the 49ers are the best team. I'll take them plus the points, but it does scare me, like you said, that Philadelphia is getting all the cash, that they look so good, and they were before Jalen Hurts got hurt, the best team in the NFL this season. That cannot be denied. Maybe they got that juju back. I'm hoping as a 49ers backer that uh, San Francisco gives them a little bit of a rude awakening off that easy win against the Giants.
1: Tyler, good luck. Go get that paper. All right, fellas, always a pleasure. Tyler Fulgham, ESPN Sports Betting Analyst, Daily Wager, 6 p.m. Eastern, ESPN2. Here's the one thing I'll say, Carlin. I actually
3: appreciate his answer about the Pat Mahomes passing yards prop bet Mm -hmm. because I do think it has to be an under game in terms of passing yards for Pat
1: Mahomes. Oh, I totally agree. Totally agree. We'll get into it a little bit later. I'm just saying I actually like that answer. Up next, the Panthers have made the first coaching hire, and it's being met with great resistance. Canty and Carlin, ESPN
4: Radio.
5: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
0: This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott, or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at sax.com.
1: Kansi and Carlin,
3: the podcast. I'll tell you what. Get it together, big you, guy. You are a get it, to, get it together,
1: big guy. You are a terrible Get it together. Terrible teammate. I just, I, I was I'm just trying to tell back. you that we're coming back. Right. And you put it at me, and I'm like, go. All right, am trying to start talking. You're like, no, no, no. I, I was coming back from the men's room I'm trying to plug myself back in and you're pointing go go you're the one that no, pride no,
3: hold on first of all you're the one that prides yourself on being a radio professional you know when we break you know when we have to get out and when we're coming back yeah. that's on you just like the barber going to somebody that you didn't know to cut your beard that's on you you know what you well, don't have that much hair to be accountable for no and you let you go to a barber and you let them
1: to screw up the little bit of hair that you do have you know what? We actually have a barber on the phone. Okay. Billy in Houston uh, is going to hopefully straighten this out for me. Billy, what's up? You're on ESPN Radio.
4: What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing? Listen to y'all all the time. So, look, that. man, first of all, I've been a barber since 1979. Um, bruh, that was not your fault. That's the barber's fault. Thank you. He's supposed to know exactly what his clients want. I also teach the etiquettes of barber and how to be a professional barber. You shouldn't even touch your client's head and or face without having full understanding of what your client wants and needs so that they are pleased when they walk out your chair because a first-time customer is not what you want. You want repeat customers, and the only way to do that is to make sure your clients are completely satisfied when they walk out your chair. You know what bums the me out? And then bad reputation that... Huh? Go
1: ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, what bums me out is I actually have a three-hour layover in Houston tomorrow,
4: yeah. and I wish I could
1: see Billy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Billy Billy is hey, laying it out there. I'll come to you. <laughs> <laughs> see, that,
3: that, that, that's the kind of barber that you need. I, it's clear. clear that you need Billy in Houston. <laughs> that's clear. And it's also clear that Billy in Houston did not teach barber etiquette to the guy that you went to.
1: No. No. Bill, Billy, what am I supposed to... In that situation, I'm laying back in the chair... We had just thinned out the beard like I wanted. I was good with that. Yep. But I'm laying back in the chair, and he goes, and I can't see a damn thing. And he's holding a, a basically a knife to my throat, about to cut some off, and I can't tell how high he's going. What am I supposed to do? Well, well, well
4: Now, that part, I could honestly go go along with, with, with Canty and say, if you were kind of unsure, you should have asked for a mirror. Or you should have said, hold up, let me raise up and told him either how far or how low to go under your chin line or neckline so that, you know, he wouldn't have went too high or whatever. You, mm-hmm. you could have asked for me, especially, man, when you go to a barber that you don't know and you're unsure or you've never been to him before, and you got to go step by step to make sure he's making you look as good as you're supposed to look. Otherwise, man, you just throwing your money away and taking a chance. T- Especially, like you said, he got a razor to your throat, man. That's like, yo, would you give your ex-girlfriend your ex-rifle razor? No, I mean, hell no, you put hell no. Really. I, here. I'll
1: tell you what, there are a couple I definitely would <laughs> not. Hell no. <laughs> One who don't like me too much, I know that. Trust is
3: earned, not freely given. That's what Billy is saying when it comes to girlfriends, wives, and barbers. That's what you gotta know, big fella. And you gave away your trust, and look how you got burned.
1: Listen, I, all I can tell you is I, I felt helpless in that moment. I've yeah. never felt more helpless isn't even the word, more vulnerable in my life. And in that moment when I'm laying back and I, I just I couldn't quite tell how high up he was going. So in case you missed it earlier today, I went to the barber. It was not my barber. And the reason I was there was because I had to get it cut before I going away this weekend. It was shaggy all over the place. And the barber went way too high and trimming up my beard down below. Yeah. So basically, I have about four inches of skin and then a chin strap of beard. Yeah. You
3: don't have a beard.
1: No, I don't. You you have some scruff on your face, but there was nothing with I a could nice do. even
3: line at the bottom of it. That's what you have.
1: And I don't even know how even it is. To no, no, it it's hurt. pretty even. It's pretty easy. Okay. I can see it. It's pretty even, <laughs> but it's not flattering. No, it's, well, God, no. Yeah, and now
3: now I don't know what you're supposed to do because you don't want it to look bad, but at the same time, there's very little you can do to fix it. Oh, no, there's nothing I can do.
1: Other than let it grow out. Here's what I got to do. I got to wear this for about the next 10 You got to own this. Yeah. You got to own it. You
3: know what? You got to do what Jerry Jones says: You got to suck on it.
1: Well, speaking of which, Mike McCarthy (laughs) speaks, and he's got a lot you're going to want to hear next. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Us. You can
4: watch and listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.